Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE NXT 2.0, a show that's all about big balls, John. That's the show that we're here to talk about tonight, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's uh, the, the, eve, the eve of my return to an AEW show, and, and mm. we get... Uh, we get this, and um, it was a it was a mixed show. We'll we'll get into it, but the the overview for me was a mixed show. I would agree. I I would tend to agree, although perhaps more positive than I've been for the past couple of weeks coming out of the show here. Uh, more things that I feel optimistic about going forward, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. We'll, we'll talk all about it before we do. Just want to remind you all of this show, like everything we do here, it's available on all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So I guess the leading item here, John, is that Halloween Havoc is coming back in three weeks' time. Uh, not next week, I guess, another week after that, and then it'll be time for that. Yes, three weeks from yep, tonight. Three weeks. Okay. So it's a good amount of time to build up the card here. Uh, we have the the likely main event somewhat set, although it could be changed depending on what happens next week. We'll talk about that, but we do know Tommaso Ciampa will defend the NXT title against Braun Breaker. Um, we know that much, and Joe Gacy may or may not figure it out. We'll talk about that in a bit, but overall here, John, are you excited that Halloween Havoc's coming back? And uh, at least sitting here today about the, the match between uh, Ciampa and Breaker, potentially. Yes, so it appears that moving forward, instead of takeovers, we're going to get probably specials like every couple months, probably. So that and that's fine. I mean, it's it's a, a live TV version of Takeover. Maybe it'll bring them a good ratings boost. Maybe it won't. We'll see. That's probably the goal. But uh, I mean, what do you think about this match? I mean, it was, it's kind of predictable that we're getting this match uh, between these two in the main event. Possibly a third one. I don't see it going that way. I think it'll probably stay a well one-on-one match, but who knows? Uh, it would be if, if they really wanted to put the title on Braun Baker. Uh, it would be interesting to put the uh, have him pin like Joe Gacy, like Braun Baker, to put exactly, the title. On him. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, is, is that where is that where your head kind of is here, or what? Uh, yes, it, it is. First off, very very glad the Halloween Havoc is coming back. Um, a week ago. Hadn't heard, hadn't heard anything about it, and so I wasn't quite sure about why, or I should say, wasn't sure what they're going to do. No word on takeover. No word on Halloween Havoc. I, I love Halloween Havoc. Um, I, I, it's, a, it's a fun seasonal event. It's October. It's it's spooky season. So I always love the the, the pumpkin kind of head on the set. Uh, I think it's really been a, like one of the. Usually, it's been one of the better shows of the year. Uh, since NXT has been uh, brought it back, I think last year was very, very good. This year, even with uh, the the 2.0 revamp here, I, I still expect it to be a very strong show. When they first announced it um, tonight, I thought that the, the card would be real, really, really solid because they did announce that it will be Chapa versus Breaker, and then they they had set up uh, Swerve Scott versus Santos Escobar for the North American title. I initially, for a second, thought that would be on Halloween Havoc. That one would be for next week. So, and that makes sense. We do know, uh, we'll talk about it in a bit. We do know that Hit Row is heading over to SmackDown in the draft. Halloween Havoc is C26. The draft changes take effect the 22nd. So, there you go. Uh, that makes sense. But also, uh, having this uh, kind of continuous build up to Raquel Gonzalez defending her title against Mandy Rose, I could easily see that being on that card there. So, I think it, we could still be in for a very, very good show. Um, without takeovers, I think this is a very, a very, very good. Um, Plan of attack, uh, John. As you said, very easy way to, in theory, kind of pop a number. Where if even if people don't necessarily watch the show every week, you can kind of bring in some of the more casual or, or part-time viewers, knowing that it will be a, a takeover-like show. So if that's uh, another New Year's Evil show in January, maybe um, I don't know if they want to do a monthly thing, but we know we. I mean, I could see them doing you know a Vengeance Day kind of thing in February as well. Uh, they have options. I I, I think this a uh, Great American Bash, of course, in the summer as well. Uh, they have options here, so I think this is very, very good. Um, and we've talked about it since the NXT revamp here, oh, 2.0, I should say, um, maybe kind of building up to the return of TakeOvers once you kind of really establish some of these names. Because, again, we've we've gotten so many new characters, so many new faces, and to kind of throw them onto a, a pay-per-view level show right away may not be the best call there, but uh, I think this is a very, very good idea. I'm very excited about it. Now, 
not to bury the lead anymore, but um, Joe Gacy might get out of this match. And Johnny, as you asked, I do think that will be the way it goes. It is interesting that he's facing Chamba next week. Uh, the master of the, the safe space challenge again to, to a match. Um, yeah, and Champa said, "All right, you know, you're on." Uh, or I guess he he said, "I want a title shot." And Champa said, "All right, if you can beat me next week, uh, you'll get one." And then a couple minutes later, it turned out that he'd be added to the title match that I already announced. And I guess kind of surprisingly, I, I feel like Gacy is going to win it somehow. And Johnny mentioned a minute ago, but then that would let him be the the, the fall guy uh, in that triple threat match with. Uh, Breaker winning the title. Uh, I, I think that makes sense. I mean, I, I've been a big fan of Champa having the title again, having Goldie back, but with this 2.0 revamp, they're really, really emphasizing all these new faces. Breaker, more than anybody, is rapidly rising up the ranks here. So even though it's all, that's that will only be a little over a month since the, the launch of NXT 2.0, I, I feel like that's where we're going here. But uh, more on Halloween Havoc. Fernando Fernando saying he's glad Halloween Havoc is back. The AEW could benefit from their own Halloween theme show. Maybe call it Fright or Fight. I like that. That's a very clever idea there. Um, as I said, I, I like the, the seasonal uh, shows here, especially with Halloween. It's just a very oh, fun boy. time. I can Because I'll, I'll be at SmackDown uh, just two nights before Halloween this year. And I can just imagine now seeing a trick-or-treat fight with Happy <laughs> Corbin for hitting oh, yeah. somebody over the head with a pumpkin on SmackDown. And, uh, uh, you can see it. You can see it. Uh, but while talking about Gacy here, Joe Gacy uh, bringing the heat in his promos, talking about safe spaces, talking about uh, Chapa's male privilege as a champion. Definitely a, a controversial gimmick, to say the least, here. Uh, I think it's working in the sense uh, Corey Graves himself had said it on After the Bell, where it's like it's getting people talking. People are feeling feelings about this gimmick, and at the end of the day, that's kind of uh, I guess it's the opposite is good thing uh, is a good thing at that point. So, uh, but speaking of Casey, he defeated Ikem and Gyro. Although in this promo, he said um, basically like, "Oh, there could be two winners in the match." I'm like. Doesn't that defeat the whole purpose? Like, we're going from winners and losers, all right? This is a wrestling match. Come on, man. But I, I like what we're going for, where he's, like, trying to solve things peacefully. He hugged Jiro after the match. And then, John, and then we saw the, uh, un like, unannounced at the, uh, on TV, at least, debut of baby Brock Lesnar, Parker Boudreaux, but also now he's uh, been renamed Harland. This man shaved his head unsettling to look at <laughs> absolute beast <laughs> he looks like a monster um well i'm not gonna say it's overdue people have been clamoring for this guy to debut for a while now we've been getting comments about him gosh i feel like it's been at least since the summer every time there's like a mystery debut or when it was like the recharging battery people thought it was him every single time people like oh it's gotta be parker and now parker's here looking like Something, uh, but DJ Cassier wondering uh, why uh, WWE has Parker looking like Uncle Fester from the Adams family. I don't know. I do, I do think that maybe part of the motive here is that they wanted to look a little different. You know, the way his hair was, they looked a little too much like Brock Lesnar. So maybe trying to have him establish his own identity here. But he stared down Joe Gacy after the match, so, and though Gacy smiled back at him. So it feels like in some capacity, these two guys are going to be working with each other. I was going to say working together. I don't know about that. Uh, but what do you think about Parker's debut here and uh, wh where we might be seeing him going in the, in the near future? I'm fine with it. Uh, I think they have kind of big things in store for him, sort of like Braun Breaker, but he might be not on a fast track. Uh, I'm going to give it a chance. I I'd like to see his move set to see if he has more moves than the great call he had, but... Um, uh, even maybe Brock Lesnar doesn't really have that many moves, but he's a big name, so that's okay. He can get away with it. Uh, this guy doesn't have really the benefit of being a big household name, so he's going to have to impress, you know, kind of like uh, Keith Lee as a big guy impressed and got himself over. Uh, we need to see something similar, I think. Uh, James asking if I think Parker will wrestle like Brock. I don't. I think it'll be a little different. Maybe some similarities, but I think uh, he's going to try to mold his own like his own move set here. I agree. I, I, we were talking about it a little bit last night. Gable Stevenson getting drafted to Raw in the draft. It was very easy to make comparisons with Kurt Angle. Brock Lesnar, another guy with that amateur wrestling background. Parker was a football player, so I think he'll be more kind of modeled in a 
general, I won't say generic, but a more general wrestling sense, not not after a Brock Lesnar, not after that uh, amateur wrestling background, just more of a you know WWE trained wrestler, whatever that might look like. And yeah, I think they're absolutely going to want to kind of have him be his own guy. He's, people are going to compare him to Brock anyway. They don't need to kind of lean into that by having him do the same moves or, or wrestle like him. But he's a big guy. I think there will be uh, similarities regardless. But uh, I mean, I think there will be, yeah, I think that's... All other ways to say about it, but um, I, I I think it's good. I think you know of the other some of these names here, he's got some of that, if not name value, at least familiarity. Like a lot of even like casual WWE fans know who this guy is. He's got some buzz about him, um, and uh, again, somehow believe it or not, believe it or not, thanks to Eva Marie, yes. out of all people, Eva yes. Marie. So there you go. Well, at least one good thing. Out of even maybe, maybe uh, we'll right, see. <laughs> right. hey, who knows? It could still fall flat on its face, but uh, you know, on top of that, you know, as I said, uh, many, many new faces here on NXT 2.0. Another one finally debuted tonight Tony D'Angelo. It was Tony time in the Capitol Wrestling Center. This man could have promo tonight talking about how he solves problems when his family tells him, Tony, we got an issue. Uh, it's my horrible attempt at an accent. Forgive me, but my gosh, it was Tony time. And the crowd ate it up. This guy's out there wearing, like, sweatpants and, and a white tank top. People were chanting. He beat um, Mal Malik Blade, who's been competing on 205 Live. Pretty straightforward. They look good. But the people are behind this guy. Uh, it feels like we could potentially kind of be seeing uh, Tony D'Angelo pretty quickly rising up as, like, one of the uh, – at least proverbial faces of NXT 2.0. He's had a, vign a vignette every week. Like he's, they're they're clearly kind of leaning into this guy, and the people are responding. John, what do you think about uh, Tony D'Angelo's debut, and maybe like what what we can kind of expect from him again, and at least in the near future, going uh, here in NXT. I think we need to check in with uh, Dominic and Marcus to see if they can give <laughs> us a, an inside update of, of this guy. Uh, no, I think that. He certainly has the potential and charisma to be pushed up the ranks. Uh, look, here is what I think is very, I don't know if you call it interesting or unpredictable. So the North American Championship has not been defended since June 29th, almost four, three and a half to four months. And the champion is leaving NXT yep. for SmackDown. Uh, so look, I think that this absolutely has to be vacated and this absolutely has to be given, not, not given, but uh, well, yeah, given a chance to become relevant again. Like it kind of once was when like Ricochet had it and things like that. Uh, so there needs to be, and this truly needs to be the mid card title of NXT people like. Tony, people like Harland that are, are, are fighting over our title because, it, look, it is nearly impossible to be less relevant than the Women's Tag Team Championships. <laughs> and of course, DJ saying, obviously, Swerve is losing the title match. Tell us a little bit about this title match. Well, I was just going to say, John, um, on paper, I would agree with you. The North American title has not been defended since, well, I get what you said, uh, June, which is, yeah. which is crazy. Um, not a good look for the brand's kind of secondary men's championship here, at least in, the, in, the, in a single sense. Um, so I would agree, you know, on, you know, you think you see that situation. Okay. The champions getting drafted, uh, getting drafted to the main roster, they get the title, do a, a, a tournament or even just a, a, a one night kind of like fatal four way or something. Uh, but we do know, uh, as we've seen for just weeks and weeks here, uh, hit row and Legado del Fantasma have been feuding. We got some comments on Maribel Glass where people were saying they're tired of this. Well, we didn't wait. It's going to be ending. Like hit row's getting drafted up to the main roster. Uh, that that will take effect October 22nd. So, Come that day, I would expect that it will be over on SmackDown and not on NXT anymore. That means that this feud will be coming to an end. Um, again, uh, Halloween Havoc will be the 26th. If, if if the timeline fell out a little differently, I'd expect maybe a, like a stable for stable uh, match on that show. But I, um, I'm not quite sure exactly how this will conclude. It might end with this title match next week because we do know uh, Santos Escobar challenged uh, Swerve to a title match, basically saying, oh, you know, you're running away from me. Uh, you know, even though he got drafted, he didn't really choose. Um, but uh, and and then sort of like accepted, saying we're not running away from you, we're running to the money on SmackDown. Uh, but putting a title online, finally, 
so we do know that'll be happening next week. Like I said, I thought that'd be on Halloween Havoc, but we don't we don't have to wait. That will be next week. Hundred percent, hundred percent for me. I really think, as as DJ saying, Swerve's gonna be losing that. And for me, I, I think Santos Escobar is great. I really liked him as a cruiserweight champion. For me, not a knock on the cruiserweight title. I think this is a step up. Um, because uh, the, the, as you said, John, the North American title has been prestigious in the past. It's been held by guys like Keith Lee, Ricochet, and many several others here. Um, so I, I think this will be good for him. I think he could really kind of help elevate it back to where it, it once was. Um, the one interesting thing is when you have so many new faces on the show here, uh, and when we when we we're seeing Braun Breaker already challenging for the the NXT title, when you see Joe Gacy. Um, at least have a, a chance to get in that title match. And as I said, I would expect him to get added to that title match. Uh, the the hierarchy is interesting because like, it's kind of unclear who exactly is like the quote unquote main eventers, who is the upper mid carders. Because like on paper, a guy debuts, you know, a month ago, he wouldn't necessarily be a main eventer already, but Ron Breaker is going to be the main event. So it is interesting, especially with this here. It's like, I, I think Espo is going to win, um, but who's going to be challenging him? Like who's really going to kind of step up here uh, among some of these newcomers, because it should be mid carters or, or would be mid carters. I think a guy like Cameron Grimes kind of slots in there. We saw him uh, lose to Pete Dunn tonight in a good match, but um, yeah, that, that is interesting. A hundred percent. I do definitely expect uh, Swerve to lose there. Esquire will be a good champion. I think that's very, very good. Um, you know, John, I don't think either one of us will be uh, crying over the spilled milk of hit rail getting drafted to uh, SmackDown here, but Still be, it's not like they're leaving, right? They're still going to be on SmackDown. Well, I mean, um, I don't have to talk about them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but I will. I, I'll be talking about whatever happens with Hitler on the SmackDown post show. Um, I don't know, man. They cut a promo tonight and more of the same. More of the yeah. same. But people like them. So, and and the, not only people, but the people who, who make the decisions like them because they're getting drafted to SmackDown. So they're doing something right. <laughs> that much you, you got to uh, you gotta at least admit. So uh, for me here, um, as, I, as I said a little earlier in the show, no, I, I felt pretty – at least we were talking about this before when I'm here. I felt kind of better than I had coming out of the show. Uh, some of the new faces worked a little better for me. Uh, the matches were good. Uh, one thing I didn't like so much – Severe lack of index. Dexter Loomis was not on the show whatsoever. Uh, Indy Hartwell was. She had a backstage segment with uh, her new her new friend Persia, and the they 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 referenced index, and I thought this was good. Uh, They're talking about the the now infamous uh, honeymoon scene from last week, and Indy said that they went through two packets of the protection that Dexter brought to their uh, hotel room. Fantastic stuff. And then um, Persia asked. Busy, busy, busy. Persa <laughs> asked, like, uh, what, what is he, like a seven or an eight? And uh, Indy said he's a 9.5. Take that as you will. My gosh. Um, and then, and then Indy defeated Mei Ying, which was like, that was that was pretty unexpected. And, and then, and then, spinning out of that, Indy Hartwell and Persa uh, confronted Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, uh, pretty clearly looking like they might be challenging for the titles. Um, so, at least in NXT, we have. A surviving women's tag titles uh, tag title scene, unlike the main roster coming out of the draft. But I thought this was pretty good. DJ's asking how in the world Mei Yang lost the indie. I mean, Persia got involved and kind of distracted her, so it wasn't like it was a 100% clean loss there. But definitely a little surprising when Mei Yang hadn't built up like a like a built like a boss and an indie beater. Um, what do you think about the idea that uh, indie and Persia might be ch- at least challenging for the titles here? I'm going with it. Uh, I, I really wish this would have been sooner because I think Io Shirai would have been useful up on the main roster. Uh, it's kind of weird how it's almost like, I mean, maybe Dexter just had a week off, but it's like they kind of just like dropped this now that it's like over with. It's kind of like now they're going to move on and go about business regularly. Uh, we'll see if it kind of picks back up here when, when Candace has, has the kid. And, and of course, we'll see what plays out there. Kind of like awesome Theory just kind of like left. Like just right, after, the, after, after the wedding, he was up and gone, and that was it. So, right, uh, it, we'll see how it ends up. Hey, John, if you go through two packets of the of that kind of protection in in a pretty a pretty brief span you of time, you, you're going to need some time okay. to recover, All John. Right. My gosh, you're going to need. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a what this show is like. It's become so goofy, and I resisted it at first, but my gosh, it's it's I'm I'm on board. It's a fun time. Uh, Michael Kent saying the women were the best part of NXT now, at least 
if not just tonight, maybe now in general. And we had a good tag team main event here. Uh, I just mentioned uh, India and Persia. We also had Mandy Rose uh, defeating Ember Moon in the first match of the night. John, I, we talked about it last week. I remain very convinced Mandy Rose, at the very least, will, will, will at least challenge for the NXT Women's Championship. She confronted Raquel Gonzalez later in the show. So at, very, at, at bare minimum, we, I feel like we are heading to that toward that match, likely, likely at Halloween Havoc. Um, you know, Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction again. Uh, they said they, they said themselves here tonight. They they said they're the faces of NXT 2.0. At least in the women's vision, it's hard to disagree. And again, I, I feel like Mandy Rose could very well be the next NXT Women's Champion here. I uh, I definitely agree. And like I said, I think it's because um, the teammates are going to play a key role in their dirty antics, and I just think that's what's going to happen. And this is another instance where I thought, well, Raquel Gonzalez would have been nice on the main roster, but. At the same time, they did bring up Xia They did, you know, officially kind of make Shotzi and Tegan singles people. So maybe they don't need Raquel. Maybe they do. We, we won't really know until we've seen this new women's division play out for a little bit. It is very weird that just that. that we, I mean, we talked about it last night on the Raw show. Very, very glad NXT was involved in the draft. But the way it was, Xia Lee gets, gets called up where she hadn't really been seen several weeks. She was doing dark matches. Uh, Austin Theory, as you just mentioned, John, he had run away from the way, uh, and, and he was doing dark matches as well. Uh, Ridge Holland we got, what, is one exception. He's been on the show. He's been pretty prominently featured, and he will be getting called to SmackDown. He was on the show tonight uh, alongside Pete Dunne. Um, so I think he's probably – and Hit Row, of course, another uh, shining example of a, 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 an act that's been featured on XT and, and is getting called up. But, yeah, you mentioned Raquel – uh, Pete, Pete Dunn, another example. Um, Dakota Kai is definitely one of the leading examples of people that you'd expect to get called up. Eos Dry, another one. You know, some of these kind of top level NXT stars that did not get called up. Uh, definitely, if, the very least, a little surprising that, that that's kind of the, the, the direction that we saw um, in the draft. But I think, I mean, NXT is better for it if they get used, if they get utilized properly. But uh, what you mentioned that uh, Toxic Attraction could or perhaps will. Uh, have a, a deciding role in that title match, assuming it happens. But at least, you know, may maybe before that happens, uh, Raquel will have some backup because Eos Shirai and Zoe Stark made the save when Toxic Attraction tried to attack her tonight. Very clearly. You know what I could see here for some... I, I could see them doing like a three-on-three winner-take-all tag match. This strikes me as that kind of match where they could do that. I could see that, especially because... They've done they've done it before. Uh, well, well, back in the days where when Bronson Reed was still on the brand, they did that with uh, Reed and MSK. I think it was against Legato. Um, I think that could be a way that you cut you could have Mandy win the title without pinning Raquel. Um, but then uh, I think we we talked about it back when they did that match. And then if you do a title change, it's very weird because the champion lo could lose the title or like getting pinned, and that's part of the whole attraction. But logically speaking, it it's a weird look where it's like you know then you, then the person doesn't actually be the champion. Um, but I could I could definitely see that. I think that'd be a good way to kind of, uh, especially if we're imagining that might be on the Halloween Havoc card. Um, that's an easy way to get them all on the card where it's only a two-hour show uh, and then you kind of combine them into one match. I could definitely see that, especially with that uh, precedence there or uh, where it's happened before. So I like that idea. I think that'd be a good way to kind of progress, at least from what we saw tonight. But at the very least, I think we're going to get some kind of six-woman tag team match here uh, because we that's kind of the, the usual format we saw. Um, speaking of Halloween Havoc, Tim Hardy saying that he's very glad that it's back, saying he loves it. I would agree. That's what we were talking about a little earlier here. Uh, did you guys say agree with your idea about putting all the titles on the line? Whoever wins, at the very least, I feel like that is definitely a logical way to go about it. Uh, DJ then wondering about putting the tag champions in the stable with Raquel uh, to kind of combat to cut toxic attraction. I could see that, but the problem is, and I think uh, I saw a couple tweets about it, Io Shirai doesn't like anybody. Like she, she can't even get along with her own partner, um, who, with whom she's uh, defending the tag titles or was trying to. Putting her in a stable, you know, that further complicates things. And I guess for you know dramatic effect, that could be interesting. It's like, oh, she for that very reason, she can't, she can't, she can't get along with anybody. Um, but if you're trying to apply some logic to it, it's like it doesn't make it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, so I wouldn't. It was kind of. I think people. Uh, have been asking about this months ago when we saw Bronson Reed team with MSK. It's like, oh, they could form a stable. No, I think it will just be kind of a, a temporary alliance for 
convenience and, and for strength in numbers, kind of what he's saying to even the odds. I think that's, or he says even the size. I think that's that's what we're looking at. Not not a matter of uh, a stable formation, more just kind of uh, convenience and a, a short term deal kind of thing. But we've been talking all about some of these new faces here. Honestly, Jalen said a match with LA Knight tonight, and before the match started, I really thought, all right, it feels like this is a, a match where Odyssey's going to win. Odyssey, much like Braun Breaker, and uh, as we're seeing now, in some ways, a guy like Joe Gacy is becoming one of these, uh, at least perver proverbial faces of NXT 2.0. So you put him in there with LA Knight, a guy that, you know, feels like you know, one of the standard bears of the, well, not standard bears, one of the main guys from the previous version of NXT kind of felt like it was uh, pretty clear he'd be losing, but instead, Andre Chase cost him the match, and LA Knight won. I thought that was the right call, but where it's like, I, I predicted Austin Jones would win, not saying that was the that was the right call, just more of a, I think that's what's going to happen. I think this is good for LA Knight. I don't, I don't want to see him get lost in the shuffle among all his new faces, so I thought this was good. Uh, but DJ saying that Asi got screwed by Andre Chase. I said it last week. I, I think at least I think I mentioned it. But Andre Chase, like Dark Horse, are like the best character we're seeing here. Where it's like he's got like the Chase U, and he's like got the the, the classroom vignettes, and like this he's like this coach class teacher kind of thing. Um, I think it's pretty it's it's pretty fun. I'm liking it. Uh, and and uh, as we talked about last week, you know, we're getting these characters, these storylines, and again, you you know who these people or, or at least who the, the, these characters are. And that's a very, very good thing. That is definitely a step in the right direction. And with that, you have these kind of more, uh, I don't know, it, it's easier to invest in, in these feuds. And then you see more of it. It's, it's more of an emphasis on storytelling. So I like that. Uh, they're, they're blowing that up. I could maybe see this being a Halloween Havoc, but maybe just more of a standard TV match. But um, I think it's fun. I have no, no problem with that. I mean, I like the feud. Good for, it's good for Odyssey. Presumably he'll win, get, get you know, a little more of steam here going in the XC. Whereas for Andre Chase, it gets him on TV and it at least builds up his character. I think he could quickly become like a Cameron Grimes where he's like, he doesn't need to win. He's just a fun character. So uh, what do you think about this match with Odyssey in LA and potentially uh, this seemingly ongoing feud with Odyssey and Andre Chase? I really like Odyssey. Uh, I think he has the potential to be something special. Uh, he also reminds me of somebody that could be like Keith Lee. Uh, Andre Chase, while a good character, uh, still uh, rings me as the kind of character that's like a joke. Like he doesn't ever win. Like he's not a viable threat. Right. Uh, so I don't know how I think about that. But uh, putting them together, I think this would benefit Odyssey to, to come out on top. Andre Chase, I mean, it's kind of like he's the. He's like what Kushida was because Kushida was losing all of his matches, but he was still featured. Speaking of which, who we haven't seen in in, in like forever either. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 good with this. Odyssey Jones coming out on top would be ideal. Yeah, and I, I would agree, and I you, I think that's exactly it. At least for now, Andre Chase is that um, definitely not enhancement talent, but definitely like a guy that you don't really expect to see win. He's more it's just, it's, the, it's the character and. Um, he just helps other people uh, get more established. He's kind of like what Elias was on the main roster because exactly. he had charisma, but exactly. he was losing every single match he was in. Yeah, I think that's a very good comparison. So, and again, that that definitely feels like more of this uh, emphasis here on NXT. It's about the characters, uh, even when they're not winning matches, they're getting that those characters established. So then, if it, if they get over. You just mentioned Elias. Elias, it's not like he had the most successful NXT run, but the character got over, so he got called up to the main roster, and he's, at least until he quote-unquote died a couple of weeks ago. I, mean, I, he like, was, I like this comment from Tim Hardy. He says, this new NXT feels like WWF superstars in the 90s, and I love that. This does have that feel that they're basically, like you mentioned last night about Raw, they're throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. They're being unique. They're being creative. They're doing all kinds of different things to see what will be successful. And nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, it worked in the 90s with multiple people. It's such an interesting, like, uh, vibe to the show and, and in general, like, structure and setup and, and just general, general, like, uh, we were talking about the storytelling, the characters. That is very much like it feels like a uh, WWE superstars in the '90s, more of a, or at least uh, generally speaking, old school kind of thing. And then on the flip side, you got people talking about balls, yeah, condoms. You got you know, the woman dressing more provocatively, let's say, very more, <laughs> you know, and that that seems very intentionally so. Um, 
and and we have had we've had reports that they are trying to be more intentionally edgy and, and you know just uh attitudinally of for like better words so this weird hybrid of 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 that like early 90s kind of era for and like late 90s and even the, the ruthless, ruthless aggression are all combined in this one weird hodgepodge of uh traits and, and to i guess in a way that's created its its own identity uh, where you, it, it at times leans into each one but overall it is a combination i think that's a good thing and maybe that's why as i said i, I came around a little a little at least today where i was like all right i, I can get behind that it's like you got an index doing fun stuff you still have good matches you have the storytelling the characters uh and again uh, because those characters again you have a guy like tony d'angelo andre chase the very like if not stereotypes, at the very least, like an emphasis on who they are, so that you can know who's you, who you're watching. So then you, ha you have a, a Joe Gacy having a match after he has a promo. It's like, all right, I know who this guy is. I know why I should or should not be uh, cheering them. And there you go. Very basic stuff that sometimes gets taken for granted uh, on the main roster. So I definitely like that comparison from Tim there. That um, it feels like the night. It feels like the nineties and and the early two thousands, as I said. Um, so it is, it is a weird time. Talk, I mentioned it a, bit, a bit ago, but Cameron Grimes did have a match here against Pete Dunne. Thought it was good. Uh, Pete had a pretty sick counter to the to the cave in where he like bounced uh, Grimes into the ropes and then counted that into the bitter end. And for me, I just I kind of uh, laughed to myself because I um, the 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 announcers like really hyped up like oh it's the bitter ending, and I just thought like in a world where Pete Dunne gets called up to the main roster, I could so easily see him getting uh, if he ever like faces Biggie having some a line like. Uh, oh, you you might hit the big the big ending, but uh, it's not gonna be like the bitter ending or, or something like that. That's the very WWE thing. Uh, this is a, a fun match though. Uh, DJ was asking who the blonde was backstage because now of uh, Cameron Grimes. Uh, speaking of characters here, uh, Grimes is now trying at least trying to be a ladies' man. Where he said, uh, like we, we we've had uh, we have Index, we have Corey Jade and Trey Baxter, kind of as another couple here. Um, and he said, oh, I, I'm trying to find my own lucky lady. And then he was trying, he was hitting on some people backstage. I didn't hear anything about who that was. It might've just been kind of a, a local talent, quote unquote, someone that just kind of picked up for the, for the night. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think it was like a actual debut or anything. I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. I like what we're talking about. Grimes, definitely a guy that's, that's all about that character. He's great in the ring as well. I think he's an exception. Um, but definitely, he's a, a very strong character, and now he's kind of adapt uh, or evolving from you know the, the million dollar champion. We saw him as a heel, then a babyface, and now he's going off into this more ladies man kind of thing. Worst case scenario, I think it'll be it'll produce some fun fun segments and whatnot. So that's fine. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's whatever. Uh, but speaking of Core Jade here, Core Jade picked up a big big win over Frankie Monet. And they, I think they're hyping it up as the era, the era of Jade or, or something like that. Um, Frankie Monet here did have, uh, I think, a more of a, an aggressive side like that. So I thought it was a good match until she lost. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, and this is the one thing about NXT 2.0 here. It's where you have a lot of these kind of more established, uh, more established people getting, I don't say the short end of the stick, but it's like you have Frankie here where, like, what was that last yeah, I think last week, yeah, last week she lost to Raquel, yes. and, and then here you go, she's losing to Cora Jade, and Cora Jade's entering debut, upsets happen, that's fine, like, that is obviously a, a thing, but it definitely did strike me by surprise, where, you know, uh, Frankie was more aggressive, and it feels like she was kind of leaning more into that, and then uh, Cora won, and... All right, uh, but DJ Gassay is saying Core Jade, formerly known as Elena Black, upsets Frankie Monet, also known as Vera Loca. I, don't know, I think that means like super crazy. Uh, <laughs> Ty Valkyrie, a uh, huge shock to me since uh, following Jade's career. She uh, never got the big one, never won the big ones on the independent scene. Now she's getting what she deserves, and, that, and she's a great talent. Seems good. I don't, I'm not very, I'm not very familiar with her. I know she had a good following on the independent scene, but um, this was her entering debut on NXT. So uh, yeah, I. It was a good one. It was, yeah, as I, uh, too, while I was a little upset about Monet losing, only because I think that she's that talented, and that she maybe she could or should be the next woman's champion. Beating her is definitely that that speaks good uh, for Cora Jade, where you know now she's she just she just beat the person that challenged for the title last week. So feels like she might be uh, maybe if not fast checked, at least kind of hitting the ground running here in NXT. But do you have any thoughts on Cora Jade's debut, John? 
No, I just think that uh, the way they did it, it was fine, you know, to look impressive like that. But it's so hard to judge somebody just on their first night in, in, in the show because it, it could turn out very well or it could turn out very bad. So it's like the debut essentially doesn't really mean anything if they can't capitalize in the weeks and months after. It's true. It's true. You know, it could be this is an, on, in one night a, a good showing, but uh, really the more important part is what comes next, whether it's they kind of capitalize and that, that's what we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, I mean, at least for, for one night, a, a good start here. So uh, let's see. Otherwise, here uh, we had some a continuation of, the, as I mentioned, Ritalin a minute ago, uh, where he uh, done defeated. Cameron Grimes, and then Kyle Riley attacked Holland ringside, and then he made the very poor decision of attacking both guys after the match by himself, after telling Von Wagner, basically, you know, let me handle this, you know, stop helping me. Um, and Von Wagner didn't help him, and Kyle got, got his butt beat. Um, but then uh, during a commercial, Von Wagner came out and helped him to the back, and from there we got a tag team match for next week. Von Wagner, Kyle Riley versus Pete Dunne and Rich Holland. Um... Again, Von Wagner definitely it's already seeming like one of those guys where it's they, they're kind of leaning into him. First night he was on NXT, he got an NXT title shot. So um, definitely, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's you know, hard to tell exactly what the, the tiers are. It's like who's the main event and whatnot. And maybe that doesn't matter so much when you've got so much of the roster being uh, so uh, so new and kind of unknown. But uh, at the very least, I feel this feels like a, a borderline main event where Kyle Riley's been a guy that's challenged for a title, and and now he'll he'll be teaming with Von Wagner against Pete Dunne, another guy that's been in the main event scene. So, I think this will be, be another good chance for Von Wagner to, uh, you know, make a name for himself. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree, and I think that they are featuring him more and more on TV because they have high hopes, and I think they I think he has the potential. Uh, Tim Hardy says, not seeing what they see in Vaughn. I hope he grows on me, but it's not clicking for me as of yet. Kind of like how we thought about Hit Row, huh? Yeah. I mean, hey, as I said, you know, <laughs> you know Hit Row's getting called up to SmackDown. We have been here week after week, not quite getting it, but plenty of people are. Plenty of people are uh, more on board with it and liking it, so... Fine, you know, if, if they if they're like in Von Wagner, I saw at least one report where they people backstage really think highly of them. I'm like, all right, that's it's fine. Obviously, it's I'm not the guy making decisions or or anything like that. But you know, again, uh, maybe next week, maybe next week it would click. I don't know. I, I it's been it's been fine. I'm not like actually against it or anything, but I do think it was a little aggressive to have him get a title shot the very first night, you know, without having ever seen him before, at least for me personally. Um, but nonetheless, you know, that's neither here nor there. Speaking of Kyle O'Reilly, Tim Hardy saying that Kyle needs to go to SmackDown. Um, he feels stale on the new NXT. I mean, we're talking about the draft. You know, definitely guys like uh, like like Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne. We named a couple others before. Definitely felt like they were seemingly, or they should have been, on a short list for, for people to get drafted. Instead, nope, they're still on the NXT. Uh, Kyle, it feels like, you know, Short of winning the NXT title, he's done everything he can. So I thought he would be one of the guys that could get drafted, and he didn't. So I think that's a very fair point. Um, but maybe this this storyline with with uh, Van Wagner could kind of give him like, something to do for, in the meantime, and we'll go from there. But um, Kyle Riley, you, you uh, Tim thinks is a little stale. Something that's not stale is is Diamond Mine. John, finally, we are no months into this thing. We finally got a video promo where. Uh, Malcolm Bivens did what I thought they should have done, if not the first week, at least the second week, and just really described who each person is, why they're, if not a big deal, at least why they're in Diamond Mine in the first place. Even the coach, uh, uh, playing on his name, but um, Hachiman, I think that's Hachiman. Yes, yes. Um, Hideki Suzuki is formerly known as. Um, this was good. Like, DJ Gas Point was a good promo, seeing the teachers better than Tom Brady. I mean, it's Roderick Strong. I don't know if he's Tom Brady level, but he's pretty darn good. You can't you can't dispute that. He's a reigning cruiserweight champion, so that's yeah. good. Um, but I, I thought it was good. I thought that this was shot nicely. It looked looked pretty. It was it was shot pretty. Uh, it looked like a good like legit uh, video package here. Um, Ivy Nile, the Creed Brothers. Uh, some spoilers go out there. We do the Creed Brothers will be in action on Two or Five Live as a team, so that's something to look forward to. Um, I think they've got a lot of potential um, in general. Maybe they they could be. Uh, 
sooner and later, at least challenges for the next two tag titles here. But I thought this was good. Um, again, overdue, but at least now, now it's okay. Now we know who these people are. Now it's the, not just Roderick Strong and his merry band of physically imposing, not misfits, but you, you know what I mean. Uh, I thought this was good. I, I just now you have kind of more again this this very strong emphasis on character, and maybe you know this is a benefit of NXT uh, 2.0. Diamond didn't really get that character emphasis previously and the old nxt but now that's exactly what the nxt is all about so i think that's good um and again dating back to the the, the 90s comparisons tim hardy saying that malcolm bivens is incredible and the vignettes are very 90s-esque wwf and that's great i would agree so um it's good yeah i i like it um and yeah, they. Um, I wasn't criticizing DJ for comparing him to Brady. No, I, I, I didn't catch that line. But no, of course, like they, they can say he's better than, better than Brady, and that's a heel thing to do. They said something else. Oh, Lash, uh, Lash Legend had a, a brief promo about her lashing out talk show, and she said something like, "Oh, people were, were buzzing about me so much that I that it crashed Facebook yesterday." I was like, "Get out of here! Get out of here! No, no." But heels do that. Yeah. And again, these are things that you see in wrestling, and it's fine. I thought it was a little silly. And it's, again, a little silly to call Erotic Strong better than Tom Brady, uh, which is what they did, not not DJ here. But, um, yeah, I, it's, 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 it's a goofy show. I'm mostly here for it. I'm coming around. But uh, well, the only thing we haven't really talked about is the main event tag team title match. This was supposed to be an eight-man tag team match, and then... Randomly, I think it was like five o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday. Uh, they changed it to a fatal four-way elimination tag team match. So, you know, good, good to have the tag titles on the line. MSK hasn't had, I mean, they have had a, like a successful run. They've had title matches. They haven't really had like a real feud. So that has been great. Maybe now that we've got more of again that that very character-heavy emphasis here, maybe they'll get it. The, so we had MSK defending the tag titles against Trick Williams and Kamal Hayes. And uh, against the team of Josh Briggs, Josh Briggs and uh, Brooks Jensen, I'm. It's so hard to keep track of all these names. There's like so many faces here, and also, um, oh, the girls, the only veterans, the, the one team that's not newcomers there. Um, but no, I, I, I thought this was a good match. NXT does tag team matches very, very well, uh, especially when you throw in four teams. It's crazy. It's a good time. MSK wins. Uh, surprisingly, Grizzly and Veterans were eliminated by Brooks Johnson and Josh Briggs. So uh, Briggs and Jensen were the last team standing. And this is what I, we talked about early in the show with um, LA Knight here. Uh, I did not expect Grizzly and Veterans uh, to get eliminated like that. I thought they'd kind of be the last team standing, at least as the challengers, and then kind of recreate the, their feud with uh, MSK. Brooks and Jensen eliminated them, and, and they got that, that last shot there. Um, and they lost, but it was good showing. But as Michael Covenant's Michael Covenant saying, girls, girls and young veterans yet again getting treated like chopped liver. They're always the, they're the the bridesmaids, never the bride. I've made that comparison before. Like they, they got to the finals of the Dusty Cup, they lost. I think they faced them escape before for the titles, lost. Um, so I think that's a very valid point. He's like he loves MSK. Uh, this crowd was not loving MSK, they were booing MSK. Uh, and then after Imperium attacked us from the match, they were chanting, thank you, Imperium. It's like, my gosh, a bunch of bloodthirsty people. Um, and again, I don't know why. I don't know why people are so down on MSK. I think they're MSK has not had the best luck on the NXT roster so far. They started out fairly hot, but then they just kind of lost all their momentum to the point where I think they don't really have a whole lot of charisma. People are just kind of over it. People aren't really on board with it anymore. And then not to mention these changes in NXT where they're literally not signing people like MSK anymore. So, uh, like, and, and I said weeks ago that I thought Kushida was going to get lost in the fold. He certainly did get lost in the fold. MSK might not be far behind. Uh, I, I, I don't see them. I just don't see them being the champions for very long. Yeah, it's hard to disagree. Um, again, don't know why people are down on SK. It's funny. I listened to an interview with them, not not a WWE TV interview. This was with a Fightful, so it was not it was not like on TV. But they seem like likable, good dudes, like you know, nice people. They they seem like they had natural charisma, and that's just not maybe maybe that's not translating to the TV to the characters. Um, Maybe that's the problem because they're they're so good in the ring, flying around, doing crazy stuff. People like that. We see Reggie doing flips on Raw. People love flips. So I don't know. Like I don't know why people are down on them. DJ Cassier saying maybe people just want them to go back to Impact. I don't know about that. I mean, they're 
they had a good start to their run. People liked them at first, and somewhere along the way, this kind of turned on them for, for whatever reason. But um, I will say, I mentioned uh, Imperium did attack MSK. Um, you know, I tweeted about it saying, put, put, put the titles on Imperium. It's, it's time. I more meant it's not time today, but like build up to it and do it. Uh, and because we've seen Imperium, they, they're one of the few like actually established teams here, uh, other, other than SK, other than Grizzly Young Veterans. Um, but I feel like we, we could be uh, kind of in for multiple title changes, especially with Halloween Havoc coming up. Not too crazy to think about Braun Breaker. I mean, it seems crazy, but based on what we've seen, I feel like Braun Breaker is going to win the title. Maybe, again, especially by pinning a Joe Gacy if he gets out of the match. If you got that one, I very much expect uh, Swerve Scott to lose till next week to the Santos Escobar. Uh, whenever Raquel versus Mandy, Mandy does happen, I am pretty convinced we might see a title change there. Uh, and now you factor in the, the tag titles. I mean, whether it's Imperium, whether it's uh, Briggs and Jensen, I feel like we could be looking at kind of like a, a clean sweep of title tag titles. Yeah, you know, factor in them as well. Maybe Tox Toxic Attraction will get a rematch and win. Or, or the probably... only one that's safe is Roderick Strong. Yeah, and and as he should be, <laughs> I think he should enjoy a nice, good reign with a the title there. So a mostly clean sweep of title changes, maybe to kind of uh, really emphasize. Uh, this this revamp, this this everything new, new, new NXT here. DJ asking if Br so Briggs and, J Briggs and Jensen saved MSK after Imperium attacked them. Uh, I didn't think Briggs and Jensen were heels. They seemed like more of a you know tough guy, like bar fighters, uh, uh, fa like faces. Like I didn't think they were heels in the first place. But I, if they were, I definitely think that's a very clear sign of a of a of a face turn. So. Um, I uh, maybe may, maybe Imperium will face uh, Briggs and Jensen first to kind of set that up. As I said, they, they need to be built up first. But I've I've been seeing Imperium's phrases for a while now, so I definitely do hope that uh, that they at the very least get a title shot and ideally win. So Nando asking uh, before we rate the show here, uh, if Braun does win, is it a sign of guys like Chapa and Joe getting phased out? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, like I, for better or worse, whether it's right or wrong, NXT 2.0 is, uh, we've talked about it all show long tonight, the last week, the week before that is all about the new faces here, um, and part of that inherently, you know, by emphasizing the new faces, um, what, you know, you, you, new, new is in, out, or old is, if not out, at the very least, kind of pushed to the back of the line and out of the, out of the spotlight there, um, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's weird. Chapa won the title because Joe had to, had to relinquish it. Uh, when that happened, I thought he would get a good run with it. And then suddenly, Braun Breaker, overnight, you know, sensation, uh, comes along. And I feel like that's where we're going. Um, you mentioned uh, Samoa Joe. When he does come back, I think he'll at least have maybe a short run. Uh, if he can come back, we don't really know what's going on there. But yeah, uh, then you think of a, a guy like Johnny Gargano. His contract expiring. I don't, you know, we don't know what's going to happen there, but that's another factor as well. Um, we talked about Kyle Riley earlier. It does feel like, yeah, you know, kind of maybe at least a little gradually, some of these real stand bearers might be getting a, you know, phased out, and that's crazy. But then I guess in a way, it, it almost makes sense because a guy like Adam Cole leaves and 2.0 comes along, and there you go. It's it's a new dawn, it's a new day in the next T here. And like I said, to wrap it up here. I was more on board this week. I thought it, this was a, a bounce back show for me. You know, I was pretty, I've been pretty critical uh, of an XC 2.0 at points, but although this was good, I, I'm kind of gelling with characters a little more. I'm liking the general kind of vibe a little, a little more at least. Maybe, you know, maybe not quite loving the, the gratuitous ball, uh, ball jokes and whatnot, but, uh, but hey, it tracks. We had, we had to back to our comments off Big D on Raw last night. So, you know. Maybe it's just definitely trying to be uh, across the board a little more uh, edgy vibe, by the word. But I thought this was good. It was definitely a, a step in the right direction. So for me, if I had to rate it, um, uh, seven point three. I think it's kind of my my slightly above average score generally here. But John, what do you think of the show tonight? I am going to give tonight's show a flat seven out of ten. Uh, I thought it was a fairly decent show, but at the same time, I thought that the the build to Halloween Havoc is kind of, and this is kind of me predicting more than anything, uh, a little lackluster. We'll see. They only have three weeks. We only have one match. It's going to be one of those quick builds. Uh, we only have one match so far, right, I think? 
Official, yeah. They've they've yeah, officially announced Breaker versus Champa, and they're they are just kind of hinting at or building towards some others. Yeah, so I'm interested to see just kind of like, well, how deep are they gonna get here as far as replacing old talent with new? I mean, it's crazy to think that uh, after all of this last couple months, I'm going to be seeing a show tomorrow that's a different company that's going to have both Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and Andrade and, and Ryan Danielson on it. And, may, and maybe Malachi Black, or at least in, in some capacity. Yes. It's crazy. So. It's a crazy time. Um, that's a very good point. You know, the, the times are they, they are changing. Uh, now to give the show a 7.3 as well. DJ would give me a 9. Uh, well, following up with a question as well, saying is there an NXT star you think should have been drafted that wasn't or that was drafted that shouldn't have been? I mean, we were talking about, again, guys like Kyle O'Reilly would have made sense. Raquel Gonzalez. Um, again, some of those, some of the more, we were just talking about a minute ago, some of those maybe older faces that if, if they're getting phased out anyway, why not call them up and like move, have them actually move on rather than getting lost in the shuffle, left off TV entirely. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think that, that, that the, the, the same argument holds there where it's like Kyle O'Reilly, Raquel, um, just all of that whole group, really. Uh, but anybody that got drafted that shouldn't have been, not necessarily. I thought it was cool that Rich Holland got drafted. I looked it up yesterday, almost pretty much almost exactly like a year after he suffered that freak accident uh, last year on NXT. Pretty much just about a year later, he gets drafted. That, that's pretty darn cool. Zaya Lee, we saw good things from her. Uh, but again, the weird thing was that these, some of these guy, uh, people that got uh, drafted weren't on TV uh, in recent weeks. So it's like they're not exactly hot or they don't have a lot of momentum it's like they're kind of coming in cold in that sense uh again but ridge holland is one exception where it's like he's been on tv uh so that, that makes a little more sense here but uh what, what do you think about people that either should or should not have been drafted here from nxt here dakota kai is the one mm -hmm. that i thought should have definitely been drafted uh as far as who was and who shouldn't have been i mean there isn't really isn't anybody I mean, I guess I would categorize Ridge Holland on there because I think Pete Dunne should have came with him, maybe. Uh, but yeah. nobody really that got dropped it. I was like, oh, this is a horrible decision. But there definitely was some questionable things that I thought it could have been a little better. But I was very, very close to making a, bad, a joke about Hit Row, but I'll, I won't. I, but that, as I said, they're doing something right. People are getting behind them. People that are, the people that are making decisions are behind them, so good for them. I'm sure that they'll be... Just final SmackDown, they'll, they'll, they'll be doing good things, and that's good. So, Michael, Michael Company giving the show an eight here, and Tim Hardy is as well. Um, so, it seems like people are fairly, you know, liking the show tonight. So, like I said, I was more on board with it. I feel more positive coming out of it here. Hopefully, the ratings will, will reflect it tomorrow. The ratings were, like, pretty rough last week. So, again, what to me, what really matters is put on a good show, but obviously, this is, it's a business. So, if, if WEC's uh, numbers not looking so good, they will... Sometimes rest the judgment. So hopefully, hopefully the numbers will be good, better tomorrow. And I again, I think you put on a good show. I think that's 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 a, that's a good first step. So regardless of what the, what the numbers are, we'll be back here to talk about NXT next week. Uh, you just here again on Tuesday night, John. You know, you and I here on Monday nights to talk about Monday Night Raw. Uh, otherwise, here, John, you'll be at the AW show tomorrow, and I will be doing the AW. Uh, Two Diamond Dudes of Rampage tomorrow night with Dominic and possibly Marcus. I'm not quite sure all the uh, all the specifics, but we get to be talking about AEW, so that's a fun time. Otherwise, Robert Dufus and I will be here on Friday talk about Friday Night SmackDown. We've got a great stream of interviews coming up, you guys. My interview with Fandango, or I guess formerly known as Fandango, now known as Dirty Dango, will be going up tomorrow on Wednesday. I guess you'll got for that. Uh, Bill Pershing recently inter interviewed the director of the the New Day Undertaker movie on Netflix. Uh, all these things and more. Tons of interviews, tons of post shows, tons of great stuff uh, constantly coming at you uh, on all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So tonight, John, I can say more easier than other nights. I did I did the one thing we do here at Zone, and uh, going forward here, can you tell me the one thing we do here at Zone across whatever company you support, whatever show you like, we try to do one thing above all others, John. Can you tell me what that is? Appreciate and enjoy wrestling. You're darn right. Thanks for listening, everybody.